All right, let's talk about chapter 15. It's about the sun. So the sun itself, we can talk about what it is in general and how much weather is coming off of it. So we should learn about space weather and uh, the sun in general. So it shows you, uh, follow along, if you will, 15.1, the structure and composition of the sun. So you got a picture there that shows the sun. You've got a prominence or a solar flare shooting off the size. you got a comparison of Earth there for size. Um, the sun is uh, quite large. It could fit uh, 109 Earths along the side of it. So if you just drew a bunch of Earths along, you get 109, but has volume enough to hold over a million, 1.3 million Earths. Um, so learn a little bit about these. Just get a sense of the scale this table here, go through them and just get a sense of how big this thing is. Um, the sun's atmosphere, so it has um, uh, a layer around it, which we call the ap atmosphere of the sun. Um, again, mostly hydrogen in there, but there's also helium. And then you've got a few of these heavy elements. So we know nitrogen, oxygen in table 15.2. Uh, nitrogen, oxygen, carbon, neon, magnesium, silicon, sulfur, iron that stuff had to have come from a, a different star that exploded. Our sun does not generate those elements. Um, so this is uh, where we get this idea that uh, they, they, it uh, is a grandchild of a, a couple of stars that came before it, a second or third generation star. Um, and then we've got uh, figure 15.4, make sure you learn about this, just the different layers of the sun. Um, you got the core, the radiative zone, and the convective zone, and then the then the outside area, um, which is the corona and the chromosphere are the atmosphere, and then we consider the photosphere to sort of be the surface of the sun. Um, there's also a sunspot labeled in there. Um, the photosphere is what we consider the apparent surface of the sun, but again, there is no surface of the sun. It's just where the density of the sun drops drastically. Um, and if we keep going down, there's a couple zooms, zoomed in images here of the granulation on the surface of the sun. It's boiling like oil in a pan, and it can create those granulation areas, um, which is a neat kind of effect to see through a telescope. Uh, the chromosphere um, is immediately outside the photosphere. And then you have um, a picture here that shows you the corona that's outside. And so this is the sun, 15.7, in different uh, wavelengths, different frequencies. The transition region here talks about how you go from the photosphere to the chromosphere, and then immediately the density and the temperature drops substantially, and then you end up into what we consider the atmosphere, uh, or the chromosphere. Um, there's a cool picture here, 15.9, showing that transition region on the surface of the sun. Uh, quite neat. So the corona, 15.10, uh, corona graph here, that white circle is the sun, and then you block out the sun around that, and so you can study the, uh, um, the wind that's coming off the sun, which we call the solar wind. The solar wind is just particles shooting off the sun at high velocity at a million miles an hour, and as they approach the earth, that's what gives us the aurora, and uh, it's also what our atmosphere and magnetic field is deflecting and defending us against because without the magnetic field or the atmosphere, uh, life would not be able to survive on Earth because the radiation would be too intense. Um, in the 90s, we were creating an ozone hole in the upper atmosphere from uh, hairspray, uh, not a joke. And so uh, there was the, uh, I think it's the Kyoto Protocol uh, banned these CFC gases uh, from air conditioning units and um, 
hairspray in other aerosols, uh, and the ozone hole has started to close up, which is good because if that opened all the way up, then uh, we would get harmful UV rays, which would be quite damaging to a lot of life on Earth. Um, so a similar way to the uh, Paris Accord, um, it's sort of the uh, international response to a environmental uh, challenge. Uh, okay, so 15.2, the solar cycle. So basically, every 11 years, the sun breaks out in solar pimples, uh, you can think of, shown in 15.13. And those areas, they look dark because they're not as uh, hot as the areas and not as bright as the areas around them. So the contrast is, is quite severe. Um, and you can see um, in figure 15.4, you can watch how a sunspot moves across uh, the uh, uh, surface of the sun, which is kind of cool to see. Um, and you can measure the speed that which the sun rotates um, by doing that. And there's a nice picture of the Earth there. The sunspot cycle um, has to do with the sun's magnetic field. The magnetic field is generated by a rotating core, um, and eventually, and sometimes, the core uh, flips and starts rotating the other direction because it's a fluid. And then that flips the Earth's magnetic or the sun's magnetic field to cause um, weaknesses in the surface as the magnetic field is switching um, it causes it to break down and then break out in um, sunspots. You can see in figure 15.16 on page 543 that there's a picture of the sun on one given day with a few sunspots, but then in the right is the sun on any given day over 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 years, and you can see how the first image, lots of sunspots, and then about the fourth or fifth sun in, there's almost no sunspots, and then back to the tenth year, you got sunspots again. So that's showing you that ten-year cycle of the of the sun's core uh, rotating around. Um, there's a current model that says that uh, the orbit of Jupiter and Saturn are responsible for, are responsible for twisting the uh, uh, sun's core around when Jupiter ends up on the opposite side from the sun from Saturn, and then they, their gravity sort of distorts the the uh, core enough that it causes a perturbation like that. So 15.7 shows you that when you have a nice uniform magnetic field like on the left, then the sun is rotating nicely and you get a nice clean s surface of the sun. But as that uh, magnetic field breaks down and starts to fall apart, then uh, you get sunspots breaking out because the non-uniform magnetic field creates weaknesses in that surface. Um, so beyond the photosphere here, we've got uh, the prominences and things that shoot off from the sun. Figure 15.19 is showing you how large these things are. Um, they're pretty cool, big giant balls of fire. And then CMEs, coronal mass ejections, what we call a solar flare, is when one of those prominences um, breaks off from the sun and sprays a bunch of bullets of energy towards us. Then we end up with a uh, significant amount of um, solar activity in our atmosphere, and that can damage satellites, it can damage communication systems because that flux of energy uh, creates more energy in our circuits and it can uh, cause uh, some significant damage but also cause brilliant auroras to occur. Like when we had a big one in 2005 or so, um, I was able to see from the state of Iowa uh, the aurora, which was kind of wild. Um, and you can see in figure 15.21 the flares and CMEs and how large they are compared to the size of the Earth. And we'll do a lab with these images here from the SOHO spacecraft. We're constantly spying on the sun. Okay, so the active regions. Again, there's the solar cycle there to show you where 
Um, the sunspots are mostly along two lines here, two horizontal lines across the surface of the sun where those weaknesses occur. Okay, so um, the next couple pages talk about space weather, where it comes from, and how it can cause damaging damage on Earth. And so read about that, which is kind of amazing. So this is why we have a space weather prediction center to try to harden our systems and our power grids against um, solar activity and solar storms. Um, and then finally, there's a section here on Earth's climate and the sunspot cycle. Is there a connection? There is no connection. It's a reasonable thing to consider. Um, but the amount of uh, power output from the sun, the variation is so little as to not be the main source that's driving the energy change uh, that's reaching the Earth. So it's been relatively constant, and it's actually a little bit quieter right now than it has been in the last uh, 40, 50 years. So um, we don't believe the solar activity um, or the energy from the sun is changing enough to compensate um, or give us uh, more energy than we're getting in our Earth, and that's why the temperature is going up. Um, okay, so that's the end of that chapter.